Shane Gilbert, John Jakes, Valhalla was a primitive society, yet the natives had a way of communicating that had an expert stump. This, said Chief Van Isaac, is on our new trouble spot. The other man's like finger probed decisively at a violet drop place in the thin yellow line of the circle, furred out from the sun. Other dots peppered the giant's glazed star map, companions of which hung on the other three walls of the chamber. Valhalla is the name of this place, name of the place, Van Isaac continued. Perhaps you know something about it. Not much, said the other, a furtish lean man by the name of Arnold Kenelf. I mean, I mean, not a great deal besides what the telefilms were screened for the past two weeks. Revolution, slaughter, tribe against tribe. Caravan placed a cigarette between his lips. His eyes smiled with gentle cynicism. Valhalla has a crimson sound. You have no, have no vacation, believe me. Van Isaac responded, During the colonization, Valhalla was peopled largely by residents of the Caribbean. Inhabitants have been intermarried since over the past 60 years, so his sight blue, Martian stain. Valhalla is seeded with sugar and tin, provided for company, but rather, but left rather backward by choice of the colonists. Caverne moved his eyes from the star map to the supervisor. Have you localized the trouble? Yes, these rays have been have moved from the small north continent. Van Isaac touched one of the row of the studs on the desk. Immense real projection lantern view on the wall where the map had been settled into focus. Rays of the combined effort for people, northern continent, which is small. The attacks are focused across the channel, the largest small continent. Somehow the people in the north have been individualized to believe in the right to south. The only bit of information is that a man named Brocolaculus came in suddenly straightened in his theoretical groan. The cigarette smoke floated to help me. Brocolaculus? The one who used to call the hog? The hog, yes, he's a citizen of Berkeley's block. The right of entry to any other any of our planets. He claims he's solely interested. He said it was trading by company of Anhana, the headquarters at the village of Moruru. But the attacks date from two weeks before he arrived. So said Ben Isaac, tone heart honey. I have no reason doubtly behind all this. I want him stopped. Why G C I A men around Moruru? Kevin inquired. Logo agent for the continent named Spotwood. He says. Bacolos has conversed privately with the local ruler. Spotlock couldn't plant diamonds or sound equipment at this conference. Our own glossy code forbids it. The tribe is that the ruler has no way communicated with any of the other tribes. Enough in a wild way. Van Isaac repeated the fist in the desk of Francis. They would have drums. Drums say nothing. Spotwood couldn't understand. All perfectly innocent. They have runners, no runners, no single fares, no secret meetings. Botwood was had hired three or four dozen breeds to do spying, but he's absolutely an idea how the ruler manages to organise other tribes to a precise, well timed, well adrenalised raids across the street. 
I have to, I am to find out, said Clubbin. And stop proceedings? Exactly spot was good, but At the spaceport, Coven pushed his way through the jabbering crowd, checked his baggage into the Valhalla flight and coffee, got something to read from the Vendor book, chose a volume entitled Twilight and Meaningship by Dr. Raywell of, Me- of Memphis University. As a long iron dagger, the rocket cut burning through the blue curtain of the sky, settled down into a compartment to read. Dr. Raywell's work turned out to be historical analysis of forces which, Towards the end of the 20th century, catalyzed the arts, the pure sensation, utterly devoid of the meaning of communication. During the middle of the next century, the poetry restricted to the hands of the few, the world at their mechanism their age did not understand them. Poetry became exceedingly private and imaginary, a meaning in natural evolution, completely lost all meaning, became a charming musical form, several cuts from primitive. They were in the masses found, found they could really set verses pleasantly, whose sound intrigued them as a rattle intrigued a child. Poetry gained its audience. Same condition held true of music and da- the dance, painting and sculpture. The van Bowman Meanism was 200 years dead. The notion that a poem could say not something seemed quite new and for peculiar. Twenty-eight hours later, Cobham landed in Maroon, knowing a good deal more about the history of complementary poetry, but knowing nothing which could help him unravel the puzzle of the raids. No, Isaac, Van Isaacs, wasn't kidding, Jimmy Spotwood said. Colonization board worked out an ally over from one end to the other. There's a genuine, authentic, and otherwise real Tropicana. Kevin stood at the window of Spotwood's shack, which looked down the long street of central clearing, which formed at the crossroads cross of Maroulu. Bluish sky spread out overhead like sheets of hot metal. And was brazen, colourful foliage asserted gently in a hot breeze that nearly undressed inhabitants. Skins bearing only a touch of bluish blood. The Mars owed along the hut, hut, talking or praying with the children. Only no turmoil sounded by the sapping skin drums. Far outside the village, Cohen turned around to his host. Are you beating the drums for any purpose? He wanted to know. Botman took a drink with a century plastic bo- bubble. Plastic bubble. Once a month, everybody at North gets together for a chindy. He smirked with good nature, let's be vigorous. The whole rigmarole is years old. Guarantees that plenty of good, strong babies will be born. The crops won't fail or some such lot. Of course, Spotwood said ironically, his monthly assembly would be the logical time to expect if they had anything but put on a sexual expedition. They're clearing down the road, maybe he added. The head dancer's pelvis, a Roman female by the way, is tattooed with a message for some sort by visible ink. A poor on earth eyes cannot see how bloody generations could guarantee high readership, if nothing else. Kerbin smiled thinly as a knock rattled on the slatted door.
Botman's eyes slitted down and jumped briefly to Coven's in a glance. Latter interpreted to read, News isn't slow in Varu. I bet this is a prime this is a prime movement. Coven instinctively flattered patted a flat pistol beneath his coat. He backed to the door as Botwood opened it. I understand we have a visitor in the village, said the sound of a resident, wet and wheezing voice. That's right, says Botwood. Come on in, Brocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocrocr
atrocities are committed across the street on the south. He felt a cruelly sensation on his spine. Tonight, perhaps, planes being led for next attack. But he knew nothing about the process, which would probably go on right around him. Go on right around him. Certainly, people of Anna weren't paths. He knew that much. Coming across the central clearing, turned left towards the village fringe. He feel it past the final few dwellings. A turn left again and a slight woodward rise back across which he couldn't reach Spotwood's house. As he crossed the spine of the ridge, he turned, he noticed a movement along to his right and turned to that in that direction. He caught sight of an arm to arch it forward, a small circular object spurling down towards his head through the spicy air. His simply trained of Kerbin pumped his legs, stayed down out forward along the ground. Rolling, watching the object go spinning crazily by against the darkening heavens. He turned an arm, caught a tree, and jerked himself around to protection of the thick trunk as a flat explosion tore at the air and smashed his eardrums. He closed his eyes tightly. A blinding white flash lasted only a second. Struggling up, he had time, had time only to see the scooped out pit on the spine's crest. Smoking like a raw wound, the bomb was struck. Boots bit, bit the earth. I mean, direction in a high run, dead run. Kevin cracks a tree's shadow, hoping that his adversary had not seen him scramble to safety. Elusive light of the hill. He snarked, snapped the fat, fat pistol free the casing, just as attacker broke for a clump of brush. Carrying a fleeting impression of massive side, a meaty face and short, baggy dark hair, he was, on, he was on his feet, charging against his enemy, who abruptly saw him and grounded to a halt. Attacker's mouth made a red stuttered oh, and one heavy hand laboured to bring up a heavy pistol. But Gobern had already fired the pearl lit beam, lanced at complete silence. The enemy dropped his weapon. They had no time to utter a sound. The skin of his head again began to blacken, fall away in the deterring strips. Coven almost felt relieved when a man shot like that fell, for he did not look, not have to look at the bubbling horror, a bloody flesh of grizzle. Stringing around, Coven synchronized the village. No claim and no gout quite had been made. The central street overflowed now. The short night had begun, nearly begun. The torches began to flare, throwing up great rolling shadows and trees. The crowd bubbled and pressed down on the man's main clearing. Why, in the name of sense, had attack come now in this precious, at this precious moment? Botwood had been in the moral for months. He said nothing about any sort of attack on him. Certainly, Baraka suspected Botwood. All men from Earth had to be suspected here. So, a man from the Belagrees block. Therefore, something about him, about himself, which offhand he couldn't pinpoint, had to driven and hog far enough to fear. Send the attacker. His point shell was verified after Coven jogged back to the house and run. Butler scratched his hat tin and whistled. Why the bees is he after you, all right? Anyway, Butler asked. I want him the same. You must think you found out how he organizes the raids. What? That's the hell of it. I haven't. From the central clearing came a Sorrento increase in the tempo of drumming. Botwood shivered around, listening. The cobra continued to scowl dismally. The floors. Botwood snagged a light coat from the 
the corner and slipped into it. It'll be starting in a minute. Come on. Once again, he managed to grin. You don't want to miss your men. They call, they dance a sh- shingo. I often wince when I think a parson would call it. Kevin followed Spotwood for the shanty. They trudged down a blue lit street. Towards the swaying mob in this clearing, Kevin quickly put outlined a few facts. The companion must pretend not to notice the surprise on the face. Bacchus would certainly be present when Kevin turned up alive. However, Kevin made it clear that he should not look least suspiciously in the hog's direction. All the tough orders would offered. Bacchus seems he's alive. He knows you probably you probably saw and killed the man who tried to get you. He figures you'll describe the killer to me, and also the figures I pegged him down for you. And one of his assistants stiff. Last work tried to bluff it out. It pressed for the edges of the crowd, ignored the watches, contrary from the figures, diving and turning, stamping their feet on the earth in the centre of the ring, clad in feathers and little else, skins shining and polished by sweat in the bubbling light, the ghastly blue flares. But with most shouldered off, the stand a fair distance away, Coven found a slight break in the crowd and crouched down in his haunches, sending a cigarette into his mouth. From the rear of the circle, a young girl appeared, very beautiful, with tough of feathers, a hip or breast, oiled and glowing like metal cones. Coven gathered that she was Shemimim. The name passed on many, on many tongues. The circle wild dancers closed around her. Coven kept his eye ahead straight forward, but moved his eyes in sockets so that he could see Bugarus, backed up by two men with thick shoulders, standing directly behind. The trio bird, almost out of sight at the edge of Turbin's line of vision. Bugarus sat bent forward, his rolled belly heaving, a sweating, stumbled skin in his face, stumbled skin in his face, looking rotted in blue light. He followed even each moment of glance to come in, the scene Concentration, but Kevin switching his eyes forward front, and present feeling that the two bloody companions were scrutinizing. Coming down to King sexual for a few moments, Kevin saw the dance you might almost suspect to see a photo of his in variety hour, a dance without specific meaning. Abruptly, the palms of Kevin's hands felt wet. He lurched to his feet and searched the crowd for Spotwood. The crowd seemed intensely quiet. During Shemin's performance, each man had his eyes to register the fine hands of a jolting body, a girl in the centre. Kevin lynched his way to follow the the crowd, to what, keeping watch and dance. He just broke from the dark edges and Shemin disappeared, darkness from which he had come. A pair of males and females with sharp, biting cries, again, 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 with ritual. The throbbing his nerves that always came when he was very close to something worked for. Kevin cut around a series of huts in time to see the girls swim in, disappear into one room. Looking left and right, seeing that no one set the crowd at the rear of the hut, filming at his edge of the ring. He eased out his pistol and stepped through the hangings. Kevin set with her iron head, resting wearily on her arms as she was dancing and drained her last reserve of energy. A live scuff of Kevin's shirt, shoes, and dirt caused her to whip her head up. He realised again how attractive she was in spite of the perspiration, filming her body and tired haggardness of her features. Don't make a single sound, he warned, I fire. 
Gradually the spasmodic quivering of her throat subsided. You are the new man here with Spotwood, she said, frightened. Kerwin nodded. I came to find out how Brockless organized attacks himself through your through our ruler. I hope name washed the light of truth for a moment in her eyes. A Kerwin pressed on, sure. We don't know how the plans of the attack were circulated on this continent. We've been but we've been given the plans out there in the ring. That solo dance had a meaning, fertility, she began. Oh no, before and after, he said. It, yes, the woman paid no attention to your solo dance. The men did. They put, have it attentive. They're waiting for the receiving orders, weren't they? Orders you'd really given through a dance because Spotwood was here. You couldn't dare give them in a way you might understand you're wrong. Come and step forward and press the pistol against your men chest. Breast, the badly lit tent you could see, could still see the flesh of the breast harden. Am I wrong? Tiny tongue caressed her lips in anxiety. What are you going to do with me? Do I ha- have? Do you have more to, to tell them? I no, I tell the truth. The pistol muzzled by an ugly white bit of pit of her flesh. Yes, I have more. When you dance, tell the people to kill Barocus. You two men immediately. Orders from your ruler, Barocus is a traitor, tell them. I guess I could not. Would you rather die? The ruler will know. He will know. Show me where he's sitting. I'll take care of him. You should give the wrong message when you dance. If you should turn on me, I shall manage to kill you. Will they get me? So he said, tell me up to you whether you live or die. He recognized acceptance in a bowed neck. I want you to show me how the dance works. Show me motion and gestures you use to explain plans for the attack. Simone gazed obliquely at him, tormented eyes, and she crossed her wrists and moved her fingers into mo- fluttering motion. This is a sign for a small Palinza south of here. And straight, this, she panted him again, is a sign that means meeting place. This, as he rehearsed the various signs. Then the message Kevin had issued, while he kept his pistol trained on her. He knew now he allowed Bokorus. What well, had prompted attacks so suddenly? Command danced in the ring again. Kevin stood almost directly behind the ruler, fitting a tiny spherical attachment to the muzzle with pistol. Reduces power for close range. Once more, the man blew their eyes and the dancing figure. Seconds after the dance had begun, Willow Woe uttered a sudden glass and lurched up from his woven chair. He read a new message. Kevin's hand touched him. Stepped around the chair in the darkness, Kelvin set a pistol forward and triggered it. A faint white glow showed flush against the belly of the ruler, the smell of burnt flesh eating its nostrils. Kelvin loaded over his body to the ground, the crowd did neither side, and surged forward slightly, beginning to talk curiously, how plain. Now pay no attention, Kelvin, because the ring Barakas blinked and gestured swiftly. Well, these two assistants could. Closed in tight against his eyes, against his shoulders, the drum slapped in a frenzy. Kevin saw a man break from the edge of the ring, alert towards Barakas. Kevin stopped to a dance, collapsing to her knees. One of Barakas' men shot the first attacker, but then the crowd had broken. A man bowled forward. A crone heard the pogs scream. The seal withering backs and arms and legs crossed over him. Sounds were gruesome. Kevin turned and raced up the long street to Spotwood's house. 
a seeming careless agent reeled in the moments later. Here, Coven finishing at the communicator set. That's right, two control squads. For Christ's sake, make it within 20 minutes. We decide to massacre us. He threw down a switch and swung round at the stall, grinning lopsidedly down the long avenue. Echoed screams of angry mobs shouting, bang like that, but would breathe. What the hell happened? Scrivener stretched out quickly. You knew, Spotwood, said in astonishment, pointing to the time Because of that book you happened to read? Cullen added, the book our arts are no longer convey a message. Many, the rule of Magu managed to put it in, back in. Something you didn't look for. Something I wouldn't have looked for. But it stopped at Venderbook. You think you'd come after us? What would ask? Cullen glanced. A window of the street's end, pieces of something meaty. A red had been hoisted up by the crowd. Long, smart palms. A glisten varying light. They may. They're in a wild mood. Once control takes over, the other attacks will be a thing of the past. Until then, holy God, but will breed. Went towards a cupboard, spotted. Stopped the table and glanced down. Nearly in awe. You read aloud the twilight of the mechanism. Hmm. An athletic shake of the head. The young lumbered a pistol from the cupboard, and then sat down to wait. Twenty-three minutes later, copters were snarling for the night over the village. Beams cut a swathe back and forth over the sea, tossing blush faces. Botwood stood up, the side stretched, took a two down two thick gin bubbles, saying to Kevin, Have a drink.